Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Thanks so much for taking some time to uh, to share with me today and for me to share with you. Uh, I have a unique opportunity to uh, to get you somebody from all the way across the pond, they call it, though it is <laughs> quite larger than just a pond. So I'm not kind of I'm not sure why we why we say it that way. Uh, and so with us today, or with me today, and and going to be with you is Omozua. Isamir. Oh no, I already said it wrong. Omo. <laughs> They're going to hear that. <laughs> Omozua Isaramen. Did I say that yes. openly? Kind of. Yes. Omozua Isaramen. <laughs> oh man. You know, like I said, I just butcher it as soon as the pressure gets put on. <laughs> <laughs> You're human. It's good. Oh, that's great. Okay. So Omo, who I know I can call her that for short because many people do, uh, she and I were introduced as the result of uh, some uh, mutual connections on LinkedIn, which I'm super thankful for. We're actually going to dig into that a little bit. And so I went out uh, to my network and asked if other people had recommendations as to who they thought would be wonderful, dynamic guests, and not necessarily because of stature, but because of their personality and their drive and what they were doing. And so I even forget who it was, but someone said, oh, you have to talk to Omo. And so we set up a call, we chatted, and man, I don't think we were on the call for three minutes. And I was like, I've got to have her on. I mean, you are just fire. So thank you so much for joining today. And so why don't you share with the audience a little bit about kind of who you are and what you're all about. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I feel very you know, honored to be here. And um, I think what attracted me to this was just the fact that you have a very human message. Uh, that's where my drive starts. I think that I have had the blessing to sort of always be exposed to uh, fields of humans who just come in their different colors and energies and uh, with their different passions and, and, and life struggles. And this is um, literally how my whole journey into uh, personal development, emotional mastery, uh, neuroscience, uh, you know, understanding the brain and how you can navigate that. That's how that's come to be. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're here for a lot more than that, but that stuff sounds really cool. <laughs> Okay, so we're going we're gonna to jump right into some of this because some of it, again, we were able to talk about offline, but I, I do, I want to dig so much more into this. So, um, you know, I talk a lot on my podcast about mindset, um, and I think that it is uh, an untapped opportunity for people to grow and to become better at what they do. But in some sense, um, in the reality is, I feel ignorant in, in some of those areas because I don't have any, uh, any education in um, psychology or in really studying the mind. And yet one of the things that really caught my eye when I was looking at your profile before we connected was that word neuroscience, neuroscience-based life coaching. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about like, why did you, why did you feel it was necessary to, to pursue that? And how has that helped you to better then coach people and help, 
people to produce better outcomes for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very good question. I started out as a life coach. Um, I had the blessing of working with the former um, president of the ICF Luxembourg branch who said, you know, get into coaching. And I remember saying, what do you mean by that in sports? And he said, no, 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 Google it, Google it. <laughs> so I did. And that's how my journey started into coaching. And I'm, I'm somebody who really likes to understand exactly what it is I'm doing. So be educated and, and understand that when you go out as a coach, you are literally working with a human you've got a life. It's not just a trend. It's a human being. And I really believe in the power of the, of the ripple effect, the one that's visible and the one that's not visible. So for me, it was very important to be trained in what I, I, I set out to do. I started with life coaching. I worked in that a little. Um, and then I became exposed to emotional mastery and that for me changed every single thing it just it made sense to um learn that there is always more than the obvious reaction you have that you could actually respond that you could actually see a message uh in every emotion you feel and the importance of actually recognizing what emotion it is you actually feel because sometimes you just think i'm frustrated but is it really, do you really feel frustrated or is it something else? Do you really feel angry or do you just feel upset? It makes a difference. That kind of language that you have and the way we, we, we react. And I moved on to neuroscience because knowing what I did about all these emotions and how important it was to be able to self-regulate and know yourself and understand your triggers and navigate emotions. I don't think you can control them because obviously we're human. You will always feel emotions. You can't erase them. You can't be above them, but you can navigate the way you live, you communicate and you relate to others despite what you feel. And I, Coming to neuroscience and understanding that so much research has been done and that you can actually understand why certain things happen. You can actually understand your brain enough to optimize your mental energy. You can understand why you perform better at certain times and not at others. You can understand why fear sometimes hinders you, but that there are different kinds of fear. Sometimes it's not even fear of failing. Sometimes it's fear of succeeding. And then you sabotage yourself. So all all those things, knowing that you could actually learn that and that you could teach people to become the CEO of their brains, that just fascinated me. And I felt it was a very, very good add-on to what I was already able to do. It was just, um, I, I think the, the best thing I could do was just going into this neuroscience-based coaching through the Optimind um, Coaching Institute, adding that on to Emotional Mastery and so many other coaching, you know, NLP, CBT, all of that. It was it made it all rounded. It made me understand that there is so much more we as humans have control of. Even if you're a spiritual person, there is a neuroscience to that. There is something you can understand about the joy, the chemicals that are released when you put yourself in a space with intention. 
and you live consciously, you live with intention, you live um, more like someone who just opens his or her eyes rather than walking around like a victim, like you've got the burden of life on you. <laughs> you know, many people do that. They walk around so heavy. Mm -hmm. Everything feels like a struggle, this inner struggle. And for me, being able to teach people how to talk to that struggle, to look it in the eye and to really realize that sometimes a lizard is just a lizard and it is not a dinosaur. Even <laughs> if your inner mind chihuahua, I always refer to the amygdala, the brain, as the, the, you know, the, the triggered part of the brain. Um, the emotional brain. I, I refer to it as the inner mind chihuahua. And sometimes you do need to give it a Caesar Milan kick sometimes. <laughs> Sit down. Thank you very much for making me aware of the danger, which I may directly see or maybe not. But thank you. You've done your job. And now let me take control. You've got your cookie. You've got your you know, little bowl of water. I'm taking control from here. Yeah. Um, stepping okay, so, in to so that you, room. Yeah. You said so many things there that I was trying to make mental notes of uh, so I could go back to. And <laughs> I don't even know where to go all the way back to. But I, I want to rewind all the way back to something that you said earlier because I want to understand how you articulate this for people. So you said something earlier that I, I wholeheartedly agree with, uh, uh, something to the effect of you can't control your emotions. Right. And so I love that you said that because I think far too often we're trying to tell people to get control of their emotions. And, uh, and part of it is uh, a misunderstanding part. Part of it is we don't really mean what we say. Part of it is we don't understand. So help, help kind of walk through then. So, um, uh, we don't want people to be out of control. We don't want their emotions to be out of control, right? Because that can take us mm -hmm. to a whole other level of disaster. Mm -hmm. But you also said, and I agree with, we can't control our emotions. So how, how do you begin to help people to, to con I don't even know what else to say it, right? Like, how do you help people to, 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 to live with what's been with what has been given to them, to use those to their best ability, to not let those become a detriment to them in their performance. So, how do you step through that after you've just blown somebody's brain up and said to them, "You can't control your emotions," and they're like, "Oh my gosh, people have been telling me to do that forever." So, how mm. do you do that? Mm. I talked about the inner struggle, and the inner struggle comes from just not knowing. I think as children, we grow up being taught that you are either quiet, um, you, don't, you don't react, you know, don't show people what you're feeling, different families, okay? Don't, don't never, just, just be, 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 be passive. But the point is, emotions, right? It's energy in motion. We can't do anything about that. They are part of who we are. We feel something and the brain interpret these things and now how we interpret that depends on our explanatory style right where do you get that from you get that from your 
caregivers, okay? Your parents, your aunts, your grandma, whoever you learned from as a child. And that's how you explain things. And sometimes some people are very optimistic, you know, Pollyanna optimistic, and some people are more pessimistic. It's all about finding balance. When you understand that it is absolutely normal to feel the earlier the better many people have a problem with feeling they you know they feel this disease within this discomfort and literally what do you do when you feel you know when you're hungry you eat when you feel discomfort you do something automatically to make yourself feel better and the triggered brain the emotional brain you know interprets that sometimes as danger threat so you react, mm-hmm. you feel something. I don't know somebody's been promoted and you didn't get a promotion, right? And you think you deserve it. Mm. So you start feeling something. It's a discomfort, but we don't name it. We don't learn to name what it is we're feeling. It could be many things, frustration that you've been passed over yet again, for uh, anger, jealousy, envy, rage, it can go on and on. And you can imagine one individual not realizing all those emotions. And that's literally where we start. Hmm. What is your emotional set point when adversity happens, when something happens? Do you actually take the time to stop and say, what do I feel? What do I feel? Because then you can have a conversation. You can have a healthy self-talk with yourself. And you don't let the rage, the jealousy, the anger, you don't let it grow out of proportion. And even worse, you start reacting funny to other people, right? Because you act, you know, say, congratulations, I'm happy you were promoted, but I'm sure they can hear it in your voice or they can see it in your facial expression or your body language that you are so not happy about it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, and, yeah. and, and, that, and that is literally what uh, understanding, I always talk about self-awareness, self-awareness in relation to your emotions, learning to name exactly what it is you feel, learning to know that what you feel is not what you are. There's a difference between saying I feel jealous and I am jealous. Yeah. Yep. So those are, those are the things that we, we, we learn and also to see what is your emotional set point on a typical day? You know, I, I do this exercise with, with people where I say for seven days in a row, I just want you to randomly just take note of different times you know, about five to seven times a day, how you feel, what you feel. Mm. Just, just note it down. Don't, don't think about it, but just say, okay, how do I feel now? Good. So that people can actually become aware of how quick your emotion can change. You know, you can wake up in the morning totally happy. And by the end of the day, you're miserable. (laughs) But The good thing is to know that that is okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The emotions are not going to break you. They're not going to kill you. You can be, you can be okay and say, well, you know, 
I, I'm looking at my notes now and at two o'clock I felt miserable, but then I don't know what happened. I went for lunch with my friends or for coffee and then after that I just felt okay. I, I felt good and I do not even know why I felt miserable at two o'clock. Hmm. But that's what emotions are. You just feel them, but they go away as quickly as they come if you learn to let them go and not make them bigger than they are. Yeah. So, okay. So, so, uh, so I, I, I totally, uh, that resonates with me. I get that. So how often do then, so, you know, in one sense, you know, we, we need to let them go, but they can also be such wonderful fuel, right? So, um, um, I, I, I've personally experienced, uh, massive, heartache and tragedy in some fairly significant life events over the last couple of years. And in hindsight, it's really easy to see that, um, you know, that I, I was able to use those things or those things were used for good, right? That that fueled me to be a better version of myself or to contribute more in a specific area or to maybe recognize that if it was, and actually all three of them have been the loss of somebody close to me that, um, you know, maybe I need to be more deeply invested into and aware of other people. So, um, so do you find yourself uh, maybe particularly with uh, the people you coach, and it seems uh, that you're coaching a lot of high performers, a lot yeah. of executives. And so do you feel like you're having to lead people more down the path of you, you've got to kind of let them go and move past them because that's the state of mind that they're in? Or do you feel like uh, you're having to kind of help people uh, harness those things and use them? Or is it some kind of combination? Like where do you typically see that performance-minded, high-performer um, go as it relates to emotion? As it relates to emotion, I'd say it starts, first of all, with bringing in that word, I am human. You know, I start a session and say, I want you to say five times in a row, I am a human. Hmm. Human. <laughs> okay. Because I want people to drop the labels, the power of labels. You know, when you're a high performer, when you're a high achiever, when you've got titles people introduce you and it says da 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 that's wonderful but let's now be human i am human and because i'm human i feel and what do i feel i feel emotions and nobody no matter your title is above emotions which means because i feel emotions and if i'm leading people if i'm relating with people communicating with people, they also have feelings. They feel things. And this is how we, I need to know that about myself. I need to be able to manage that within myself so that I can actually help others. If I'm a leader, I should be able to help them see that so that we can relate, so that we can communicate. So logically, if I work with someone who does not want to see that aspect, who thinks everything is tangible, then obviously um, we would have to go separate ways after trying it one more time or so. If not, we go on the journey because the journey is one of self-awareness. It's not about what I bring. It's more about the mirror, which I'm putting in front of that person and just saying, you know, you've always had the mirror. However, some of the corners have not been polished or cleaned in a while. So I'm just adjusting it for you to see beyond the obvious. There's the obvious, 
but there's always beyond the obvious. And that's the thing with emotions. There's the obvious, what we know, what we grow up to, to you know, understand and think and take us true. And there is seeing beyond it. If I feel jealous of that person because that person has gotten promoted, I can get angry. I can start to react in an unresourceful way. But I can stop, breathe, take note of what it is I feel, and now ask power questions. Because the power questions will help me to evaluate what is going on and to be resourceful. So life happens, Ryan. No matter what, life will always happen. Some of the things are good. Some of the, some of the other things would count as adversity. It's always about how am I able to stand up from every fall? How quick? It's not a competition, but at the end, am I able to come out and say, this has happened? What questions am I asking myself and how can I face the situation plus what I feel? And am I able to see beyond the obvious? So maybe I should be asking myself questions like, how is it that this person has been promoted and I haven't been promoted in four years? Is it a skill question? Hmm. Is it uh, maybe I have to work on my communication? Uh, maybe I have to get better qualifications. Maybe I should just go to that manager and have a talk with him and give him a signal and say, I would like to talk to you because I am also interested in getting more responsibility. This, this, this is what I have done. So you see, you are able to actually enter the ocean of resourcefulness just by seeing beyond that initial, I'm jealous and the world has treated me badly. And, and yeah, okay, so so still like kind of on this train. So I, I hear all this and, um, and so you're trying to give, you know, you are giving, not trying, you are giving people permission to feel and to, uh, I'll use the word, maybe it's not a great description, but like harness that emotion and understand it. Uh, and yet, when I, when I pair a couple of words together, uh, it gives me this, this feeling. So when I think about coaching, in particularly when we use the word life coach, and mm-hmm. then I hear the word emotion, um, when I put those together, this creates a recipe for a disaster of woo-woo. <laughs> right? So, like, so, so, so many people misinterpret uh, what a coach does. And a lot of times because we have a lot of really bad coaches out there. Um, and then when I talk about emotion, then that's all the touchy feely stuff. And so do you have to fight that battle often? Like, do you have to fight the battle of like, look at like, yes, this is about feeling and about feeling about good about what you're doing and feeling good about yourself. But this is a very practical way to, to continue to pursue, uh, again, the best version of yourself or that promotion or that step into entrepreneurship or total global domination. Like you have to harness these things because they're practical. So do you fight that a lot? I wouldn't say I fight it a lot because I think that my message is, is, is quite clear. I think the way I approach people is more one of which there is actually something very tangible that isn't working. 
it's not a candle. I'm not a candle crystal kind of person. I, <laughs> no, I, you're not. You I'm don't not, throw that stuff up in the air. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that. We don't have to, you know, go walk bare feet. No, no, no. <laughs> um, practical things, issues like um, I feel burnt out. I do not know how to communicate with my team in such a way that I feel they are listening to me. I am not getting the results that I want. My relationships are all suffering from just my inability, the struggle that I have. I bring a lot to the table, but I just don't have the feeling that I am communicating in the way that my, you know, communication partners understand what it is I'm saying. And this is where we start. Mm. It's not starting with emotions because if somebody came to me and said, Oh, let me talk to you about your emotions. You're emotional. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're going to misunderstand it, but that's not what emotional mastery and building the self-awareness, the ability to self uh, regulate emotional intelligence, the human part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. that's that's where it starts but that's not how we will approach it i don't i've never had a, i've never i've had one client who came to me and said i was told that i am emotional so we had to yeah that was we directly worked on it and say okay what do you think about it right because also the word emotional people see it as like oh you're weak you're whiny drama yeah. And so, so, you know, when you talk about, oh, let's go to emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, emotional and personal mastery, then you see that it's really about helping you to harness um, techniques and ways that enable you to do the tangible things. Yeah. That, that's, that's really good because, uh, so I, I'm a parent of two children, uh, both girls, uh, highly, I'm going to use the word emotional human beings, right? They like, they express their emotions a lot, mm-hmm. uh, particularly my 17 year old daughter. And so as I think about the way that I parent her and then she's going to grow up, if I'm not careful, uh, in, in how I communicate with her now, she's going to go out into the workforce, um, being afraid to be emotional, right? Being afraid to use her emotions and express her emotions. And so I think that that, that's uh, wise because I do have some, um, you know, just uh, people that listen to this, you know, from from the aspect of parenting, but also like as we're business leaders out in the community and in the marketplace, we've got to, as Stephen Covey says, like seek first to understand. We've got to understand how people have been shaped up to that point and, and, and realize that probably, especially as we're talking about the millennial generation and they get bashed all the time, which I just dislike so much, but like, we need to understand that these younger people coming up into the workforce, they may have just been, those words may have been defined improperly. And so we need to take some time to work through that, right? Before we exactly, get to like exactly. fixing them. Yes. It's always about closing a certain gap. There are different gaps. It could be an age gap. It could be, you know, you come from that place. I come from that gender, whatever. There, there is a gap. And to be able to understand the gap, there has to be that self-awareness. I cannot understand anything or help another person if I don't understand it in myself. It's mm. a daily practice. It's a daily practice. 
this. It's not something that I always say, it's not like we're going to have a, a nice cup of tea on Saturday in our favorite cup and we're going to practice mindfulness and that's it for the whole week or month. No, that's not how it works. Do you know why? Because your emotions, like I said, when you do that emotional set point test, your emotions change so often during the day. And that's how you go out. So whether you're an entrepreneur, you're going to feel different things, just that state of being an entrepreneur. That's why the you know, neuroscience helps us to understand what is going on when you're in an entrepreneur. What are the risks that you face that you have differently if you're in a nine to five? And if you're in a nine to five, what are those hidden risks? What are those fears that you have? Um, if you're in a team and you have a boss who does not know how to control himself and shouts uh, and bullies, do you know what I mean? Mm. Or if you just cannot communicate with the other people in the team, if you feel left out, how does, what does that do to you? And how does it affect, again, I talk about the visible and invisible ripple effect. Mm. There's always more than the obvious. And so it's working through that, not in a, Candle, crystal. <laughs> I want to emphasize, I want to talk about tangible, where yeah. literally the answer is within you, but many times people cannot get that out themselves. And it does help to have someone who objectively helps you to bring it out, to say, what could you do differently? I communicated that way, it didn't work. What could you do differently? What could you do differently? A mom, um, I'm coaching a mom who has a 14-year-old son. Communication issues. Amen, sister. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know what? We did a session on which I just told her, let's look at the brain of your teenager. Mm. That's, I mean, that session, literally, she came out saying, how did I not know that? I said, because, you know, you're fighting this struggle and you think that your 14-year-old son, he just wants to make you crazy, but he doesn't. Many of the things he is doing, he doesn't even know that he is doing it. Yeah. But you being the adult, if you have that understanding of the teenage brain or your child who is, you know, age range, I don't know, 7 to 11 and then 11 to when you understand that, then, you know, your son who is cons cons consistently sleeping, he's not doing it to get you angry. He has no other choice. <laughs> he has no other choice because the brain is taking so much energy, is using so much energy to grow. And on a 14-year-old not communicating. I remember when I was a child, my mom would say, what did I do to you? Am I not a good mother? I give you all the toys and everything you want. Communicate with me. I was 11. Mm. And I remember just thinking, why can this woman not let me alone? Mm. Why can't she just let me be? She, keep, she kept on asking, express yourself. Tell me what you feel. And in, in my work, that's the first one of the things is that asking a child what you feel, mm -hmm. the way you would ask it of an adult, yeah. that doesn't work. I mean, even adults sometimes. <laughs> but that, you're right, right? I mean, as you're saying all this stuff again, like I hope people are hearing that, like this, this practice 
translates across, and you said it earlier, it, it, it translates across gender, it translates across uh, age, it translates yes. across culture and context. And now the way it's applied uh, may be different and yeah. there's going to be different gaps, as you said, but it is so critical that we take these necessary steps, which is something like I've been pushing more in the organizations that I do get to be involved in to like, yeah. you need to spend more time in this area. And organizations don't feel like they need to or want to invest in this. A lot of times I think they don't see ROI and yet they don't realize the damage and destruction that's being done by not doing this, right? Absolutely. Let, you know, let's talk emotions, huh? emotions. Now you've got, you're a company, you're an organization, you're selling a product, you've got a service, you want clients to buy that. What is going to make them do it? Trust. Trust is an emotion mm. and you've got a team within and you want them to really do their best so that you can get that product and service out and you want to retain your customers. Now, if the people within your team, if they don't feel that they trust their manager and emotion, how are they going to be dedicated? How are they going to dedicate themselves? How are they going to be loyal, loyal and emotion? So there is so much benefit in it. If, uh, uh, you know, I remember when Samsung had that, um, um, the phone that, you know, kept on going wrong. And Cut fire in people's called, pockets. Exactly. And they called it back. And, you know, well, yeah, sure. They had to sort of, you know, call a lot of phones back. But at the end of the day, I, I have a Samsung. I, I trust it because I saw that when that happened, they acted immediately. They didn't hide it. They apologized. They really said, hey, please give us back the phone. They took responsibility. Trust. Yep. And so you remain loyal. So those are just, you know, you have a leader. A leader is supposed to make people feel motivated. You can't motivate people if they don't trust you. Right. They're not going to put in their extra to contribute to the mission at hand if they feel that they're not appreciated. Yep, yep. Emotions. So emotions for leadership, emotions in an organization, uh, it, it, I, can, I, I can tell you where it's it, it, in education. We have a lot of bullying, um, a lot of children who just, you know, feel left out. Um, emotions. Because mm -hmm. children are not taught that, oh, actually, there's something that you feel. Mm -hmm. And just because you feel it does not mean that you have the right to go and push someone yep. or box someone. Oh, yeah. So it goes through so much. It's not just a trend work. Like it's, not, it's not like going to a coffee shop and saying, oh, I, I drink this every morning. Yep. No, it's part of our being. And everything I believe starts with the emotion and the self-awareness, the presence of self-awareness in such depth that you know what to do when you feel something. So that's why we don't need to control it. It's not about controlling it. When it comes, it's about navigating it mm. so that you remain resourceful. Yep. No, that, that is wonderful. Okay, so somebody hears you sharing all of this and they think to themselves, man, like, am I doing this? And so what are some, what are some things that you recommend um, 
that people do to gain a, a better understanding in this area? Like how, how do I, how do I, is there a simple test I just take and I can just determine on a scale of one to 10 or like what, what are some practical things that I can start to do to gain some awareness as to whether I am, you know, emotionally aware? Well, um, I already gave you that, the, 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 you know, checking your emotional set point, taking notes of it, becoming aware of it, you know. So is that like, a, so, so hold on there. So is that like, uh, would it be helpful for me to carry around a journal or I open my notes app on my phone and I just kind of like keep track of like what sets me off and what makes me feel good during the day? Like, would that exactly. be helpful? Absolutely. That helps, right? Identify them because maybe you will identify a pattern. You'd mm. recognize the pattern like, okay, when that happens, that's what I usually do, right? Become self-aware. What do I usually do when this, this, this happens? And during the day, do, does my mood change? Because mood is everything, isn't it? Right? Mm. Um, and again, let's not forget emotions are contagious, I, I remember when I used to work in my nine to five, oh, you know, I had a colleague, she was just literally consistently angry. It didn't matter what time of the day. And what happened was that some people got affected by that and all of a sudden they were angry. And some other people just said, hey, no, 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 I don't need that. They left, they moved away. So it does affect people. So it's really important to, to take note of those things, like you say, uh, whether you use your app on your phone or your computer, a notebook, write it down. What triggered me off? The power questions are very important. What is happening right now? What has been said by someone that made me feel the way I just did? Hmm. Because you can't be resourceful. You cannot in a resourceful way if you don't actually identify what you should be acting resourceful about. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just can't. So when you identify that, you you identify that, do you just react? You feel something and you yell? You know, I, I recently worked with somebody who said, um, you know, when I am in a meeting, they don't listen, they don't contribute, they don't give me any input, and that makes me angry. And then I start shouting, and then all of them start looking down at their feet. And um, I, I had the, you know, opportunity to participate silently and to record. And all I did was I said, well, now we're going to do an exercise where you and I, we are at the movies and we are just watching somebody in action. That person is not you. So can you just tell, tell me, let's create a, another version and that person should report to you what he sees. Mm. And he said, wow, shouting, yelling, interrupting the people when they, when they spoke. And when they dared say anything, um, he did not even acknowledge <laughs> that mm. they had given inputs, you know, so much to saying they don't give me any of their ideas, you know, they uh-huh. do, but then you don't even acknowledge it when they do. Yep. So they just, at some point, you know, they, they keep quiet. And when he saw that, he said, I never saw my, I said, so just be as objective as possible. What do you see? Do you see resourceful? energy 
or unresourceful. And I use those words because it's not about negative or positive. That's not what it's about. We're human. We can learn what we don't know. We can learn what we don't know. It's not about bad or good. It's about saying, I noticed something, the awareness came to me, and I made the best choice that I could make to become the best version I can be and to act in the best way that I know. Ooh, hope somebody took note of that last <laughs> You know, and so just noticing that, wow, I want them to give me their ideas, but I don't let them. Now, what can I do to change that? So he has to become aware of it very much. And of course, those people are not going to trust him at the first <laughs> try because they know, mm -mm, don't look at him because he's going to start yelling. But with time and then also having meetings in which this particular executive and each of the colleagues in this team and say, okay, express yourself. We're in a safe space so that he also knows, you know, uh, what he can change. What, how does that person feel? Yep. You know, why do people say, I want to go to another department? I'm a good leader, he always say, he said, mm. you know, but the realization was good for everybody. And that's why I talk about self-awareness. When you harness it in yourself, you're able to allow other people, you give them the space that they can see it in themselves. And it's not about saying leaders are bad and the people who are led are. No, it's not a bad, good thing. It's about a world in which we understand that we have lost a lot of the things that we can do to make our life flow with ease we've lost a lot of that we don't teach our young people that anymore we teach people you're not enough you're not doing enough you're not as good as that person if your title is not as long as the river nile ooh, i do not know if we can recognize you there's too much of that so yep. the space we need is one in which we can breathe and be Yep. Just the way we are, knowing that instead of beating ourselves up about weaknesses, we focus on the things that we are good at mm. mm -hmm. and be good and not feel like I've got 10 weaknesses and only two strengths, so I'm a failure. Yep, yep. <laughs> And, and that, that is such wisdom that just carries through and penetrates to so many other arenas. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, I'm here in the United States and, you know, we live in a time now where we can't disagree with anybody uh, without just an absolute tone of hatred, you know, in our tone or in theirs. And, you know, we're seeing um, worse than we've seen ever in some regard and then worse than a long time in others. But like, you know, issues of race are just at an all time um, just fire and gender and sexuality and politics. I mean, man, you, you bring up those types of conversations and it's either you, you either wholeheartedly agree with everything I say or we're mortal enemies. And it's, it's 
it breaks my heart because here I am trying to, you know, to share with my children, like you need to love and care for people. And as you said, like understand them and, you know, what, what triggers them and, and, you know, and, and, and man, we've just lost that. We, we have so lost that and, yes. and it's everywhere, business, personal, like it's just, it's, it, it, it's heartbreaking at this point to see. Mm-hmm. And yet I believe, I love to see the passion, which I'm going to ask you about in a second, but I love to see the passion with which you're sharing this because we're not lost, right? Like it, it's no. not over. And I think that we have such an opportunity to do something different, even if it's just each of us affecting one life at a time, right? Oh, one life at a time, sending out the ripple effect, one person at a time. Let us, let us, let us acknowledge the fact that as we walk through life and we meet different people, there is a dis-ease within. And because we are not taught as young children, how else to deal with that? We react in ways that give us temporary comfort. You know, when, like you said, if somebody says something with hatred to the other person, he feels so, he or she may feel so justified in that. And like, that was the only way, but I am an advocate of seeing beyond the obvious. Mm. When you move that mirror around, you will see that there are other ways to deal with it. And that is okay. And that is something that we should allow. There is more than saying you're a failure because you did not do well in that project. Do you know the circumstances? Did you communicate the results that you wanted properly? Are you sure that that person had the skill to actually carry out what you wanted him to do? Hmm. Do you know what circumstances that person, you know, that person also has his own inner mind chihuahua. We all do. Hmm. But not many of us know how to tame it. Not many of us remember that when we hear that inner mind chihuahua barking and barking, some of us give it more treats, isn't it? When we give them treats, like, be good, don't bark. (laughs) But sometimes we need to say, I'm getting into my inner control room here. I'm becoming the CEO of my brain. And I have created an inner control room, which I activate and polish and clean daily. And I'm looking through my panorama, you know, high tech view, okay, to assess the situation when life happens. And if all of us can teach each other to do that, then the world will start to become a place in which every human is, can re, you know, I always say re with a hyphen member, remember hmm. and become whole. Because when you feel whole, you have no need to hurt someone. When you, when, you, when you know how to deal with the dis-ease that you feel, when you're self-aware enough, then you can regulate. And when you, are, when you are able to regulate, then you are able to empathize. And when you are able to empathize, then you are able to be human and to communicate for the results that you want, not just moving your lips for the sake of it. Oof. 
Okay. So, so now, so, so now I, I, I love that. And I, I don't want to try and unpack any more of that because that was so clear. And I pray that if people have not listened to anything up to that point, they rewind like the last two minutes and listen to what you just said because of the power that was in that. So then many people, most people that are listening are not going to get the benefit that I have, which is to see the passion by which you are communicating to me right now, all of these things. And so I need to know and I want other people to hear, why in the world do you care so much about this? Like, was it something that was stoked early on? Is there something that has happened along the way? Like, I mean, I mean you, don't, you don't just care. And again, like if people don't see your face and see the way your hand, like I'm afraid that at times you were going to knock your computer off or the camera down or <laughs> that is, that's, that's so wonderful because you run a business. And so it's very easy to get into the mode of like, I've got to generate revenue and I've got to do this for my business. And I know you're doing that because we all have to do that. It's, it's important. Yes. It's for our livelihood. Yes. But you are you are doing it for something so much greater than that and i don't know what it is inside of you and so i just have to ask that question like why why are you so passionate i remember once i went to a church and there are there's that point where they ask people the 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 elders of the church come and they ask people who want to be prayed for to come to the front and i don't know what got into me one because i don't regularly go to church i'm spiritual but i don't know why i went to church on this particular day and the elder lady there spoke to said she asked what do you want me to pray for and i don't know why i said it but i said my heart is bleeding my heart is bleeding. And um, that was a moment she prayed for me. And I went home and I, I journaled. I'm like, who goes to a church and says something like that? My heart is bleeding. And I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I actually have a book, which uh, I never published because that day I poured my heart out. And when I read that book three years later, I also went through all my journals. I have all my journals since I was 19. Wow. All of them. And I saw the different omas and the different understandings. <laughs> my mom died when I was 19. It was a telephone call. Kids, your mom just died. And I remember my older sister saying, so now she's dead. We will not cry. Life goes on. And I remember, so at 19, my emotions, my, the, the, you know, being able to feel was switched off. But through my whole work, I came across, you know, amazing human beings with amazing stories who had, I, my neighbor, my neighbor said once, uh, I remember 10 years ago or so, kind of like that when uh, the tsunami took place. I don't know. Is that 10 years ago or something? Yeah. Right now? yeah. Kind of. <laughs> and I remember saying, hi, hello, I'm new in the neighborhood and I always see you. you. You look so happy. And she said, yeah, thank you very much. I said, you know, are you here with your family? And she said, um, well, I lost them in the tsunami. 
shocked. I was like, who says that? Who says that? I lost my family in the tsunami. So she lost her three sons and her husband. Wow. But you know what I remembered that woman for? Was the fact that till that day, she was a happy neighbor. Hmm. She was helpful. She, people were always smiling when they saw her. I had another colleague who lost her whole family within six months. Her brother committed suicide. She was involved in, a, in an accident two weeks before, two months before her, her wedding. And her husband passed, you know. And then the mother, the dad died of cancer and the mother couldn't take it and committed suicide. Uh. Six months. But she had that, you know, that's what I call knowing, doing the work to understand what is your adversity quotient. How, how able, how, how, how much do you know about yourself? Uh, when something happens, and I say, when life happens, it's not a question of good or bad, because these people have shown me it's not a question of good or bad. It's about you saying, life has happened. And the universe asks of me to keep on going because I'm still on a journey. Hmm. And so I look back and I was able to switch on my emotions, feel them, and know that it's okay for me to wake up one morning and cry my eyes out. And at the end, I had a beautiful writing, which I also shared on LinkedIn, and it was called Silence. When I finished, I was my whole face was wet, but I knew that that was what had to come out. And because messages that I got from people who said, you were talking to me. You were saying my words. Hmm. When people don't feel, when people don't know what to do with these feelings, when people have to go to work, run their business, run a family like a robot without feeling, without just processing all those things. That's what drives me. That's what I don't want people. I, I, I overcame my bleeding heart and I still do the work on it daily. And it's so liberating. It's so empowering for me. And when I talk to the people I've worked with and they say, you know, you remember how I was months ago? And we smile and I say, I know. But the good thing is, what was does not matter. What, you, what people say you did wrong does not matter. You know what matters? The moment of awareness. Everything that you do or don't do after you know, that is what matters. Because that is the ripple effect you are now sending out. Mm -hmm. So if a smile, if a kind word, if a hello, if a question asked and meant from the heart can make a difference in the life of someone, you know you are responsible partially for the ripple effect that that person sends out. Beautiful. Yeah.
beautiful humanity. Yeah. Well, Omo, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know it's it's been years, but you know that that's definitely ever an easy thing to go through and yet i am so thankful that life happened to you the way that it did because you are even just over the course of this you know 45 minute conversation have just been such a gift and so i can only imagine the effect that you have on the people that you get the opportunity to work one on one with and speak in front of i mean you are you are definitely a blessing and i just i pray that not only would you see continued success, but then people would take what they're learning from you and they would go out and do it to other people. So thank mm. you so thank much. You. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very honored to have had this opportunity to share. Thank you. All right. So as we wrap up, I, I want to make sure, um, where, where are the best places? I'll make sure to put some contact information in the show notes, but where, where are the best places for people to get in touch with you? Um, LinkedIn is a very good place. Uh, I post and inspire there very regularly. My website, omozwa.com or on um, Instagram, which is just at omozwa. So very easy. All right. And so uh, again, I will put that information in the show notes. It is omozua.com. Same thing, Instagram at O-M-O-Z-U-A. You can find her on LinkedIn. Uh, that spelling is a little bit more challenging, but we're going to put that contact information in the show notes again. almost thank you so much for taking time. I know it's getting to be evening where you're at, and I know your day is not done, but you have been a huge gift, and I'm sure that the people listening are just going to be so blessed by what you shared today. So thank, thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, we're wrapping up another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. And as always, I want to thank you for your time today, for, for just taking some time to listen. I pray that you were encouraged uh, by what was shared. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to Omo, uh, to reach out to me, provide any feedback that you have. I always love to hear from you so I can continue to be the very best version of myself for you uh, in this way. And so with that, thanks so much and talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.